0: Good, Good morning, morning campers.
1: campers. Today's activities will include oh, uh, just getting into a little wager.
0: Lunch today will be very fresh milk.
1: And to end the night, we will be attending a Smash Mouth concert. 2001 has hit the movie. So put
0: on your sunscreen, bug spray and camp uniform as we dive into Rat Race.
1: Rat Race. Marishka Hargitay, Sarah, in our year two of the podcast.
0: We made it! Marishka Hargitay, Sam.
1: I am your camp counselor, Sam, an ex-pro wrestler-in-training and current drag wrestler-manager.
0: I'm camp counselor, Sarah. I've recently pierced my own tongue, (laughs) and we're here to ask, is it camp? We're diving into popular culture of all kinds to loosely identify what makes something camp. What if I did the whole show like that?
1: (laughs) Uh, what, What do you mean? <laughs> we are not here to be the definitive experts on it, but rather just talk about this often overlooked and frankly queer subgenre. So, Rat Race?
0: Did you watch this at the time?
1: I remember hearing about it. This was 2001, like you said, right?
0: Summer 2001, much like Josie and the Pussycats, this was the end of an era that we didn't know was ending. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, that's right. All these movies- There's a lot of
0: shared DNA between this and Josie and the Pussycats.
1: I I don't think I saw this in theaters. I think I saw this on a plane because at the time I had moved to the Middle East and for summer, rather than trying to exist through the unbearable Middle Eastern summers, (laughs) my family would just fly back to Canada for the summer. I think, I'm pretty sure I saw it on a plane, and I found some parts of it hilarious. I think we bought the DVD of it, and then I watched it only a couple more times. Or was it a VHS? It may have been a VHS, because it was just at the tail end of the VHS existing. Mm. But anyway, point being, I, I had seen it. I did think it was funny at the time. And let's say my opinions on some of it has drastically changed (laughs) (laughs) and yourself
0: uh the past is a different country i have really really specific memories of seeing this in theater i don't know why this one sticks out more than anything else i lived in a little suburb town that didn't have its own movie theater to give you an idea of the size so we had to go to either one town over in one direction or two towns over in the other direction to get to a movie theater. And I was 14. Me and my friends would regularly get on the bus and it was such a hassle because literally the last part of this trip was just walking about two miles down a dirt road <laughs> that didn't have sidewalks. Not a dirt road. The, the part that we were walking on was dirt. The shoulder was dirt.
1: Uphill, both Um, ways, through four feet feet of snow. We get it. We're old. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And it was me, my best friend Melissa, and I think her brother was there, and our two friends, Jamie and Kelly, who were twins, and I don't think my younger brother was there, but that was sort of like the usual gang of us going to see a movie. And we saw this movie, and I laughed so hard at it that I said, I don't think I'm ever going to watch this movie again, because it can't live up to this.
1: I mean, that's probably... Spoiler alert, it doesn't. (laughs) That's probably a good place to have left it.
0: (laughs) One of my favorite movies, when I was very young, seven or eight at the oldest, was Baby's Day Out. And my brother refuses to rewatch it because he's like, there's no way it lives up. And it's just a slapstick movie, right? I I feel Um, like it's
1: it's just an extended Looney Tunes that happens to be live action, right?
0: It's what if the baby's in danger and the baby gets out of danger, for about ninety minutes. And after watching Rat Race, I'm like, yeah, I'm never watching Baby's Day Out again. <laughs> There's no
1: way. Nostalgia is a poison, and we must purge it from our bodies as often as possible. And our society. And our society. Jeez. if only. We... Otherwise, we're gonna end. We're gonna end up with like nine more Jurassic Park movies, and they're all going to just get worse and worse and. worse worse.
0: The best axiom of the theme of Jurassic Park is every other Jurassic Park movie.
1: Are are we are we certain on that? Because Chris Platt, Pratt ugh, C- Crispy Rat ended up in some pyroclastic yep. flow in that fifth film and you know <laughs> somehow survived to a sixth film. So I saw that
0: I was meaning more like um you were so obsessed whether you could do it. You didn't stop to think if you should.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the first one amazing, out of the park, great. Second one, pretty good. Yeah,
0: I still don't think I've ever seen the second one.
1: It's it's a lot of Jeff Goldblum. There's um there's some lovely Julianne Moore stuff. This was uh, early Vince Vaughn. Back when people f- for it always boggles my mind that there was a period in the '90s where people looked at Vince Vaughn and said that guy. That guy is going to be the next great American actor in the vein of Laurence <laughs> Olivier, but American They were earnestly comparing him to Laurence Olivier, which makes Good Lord. no sense to me. I I <laughs> like I, I I've seen that psycho remake. He masturbates in it. Mm. It's it's not yep. great.
0: It's unnecessary. It's super unnecessary. Another Julianne Moore movie.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. She's also in that one. Hold on. I'm just going to open a cider. ASMR for anyone listening at home. Hold on. Ah. I am drinking a Brickworks Blossomed Oak. I've never tried this before, but let's see. Let's see. Hold on. Ooh, is it apple? No, I don't like that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you're gonna keep drinking it for the rest of the episode though aren't oh yeah
1: you? I'm gonna finish it I paid for it <laughs> unless I outright hate something I'm going to keep drinking it so anyway where were we rat race nostalgia
0: forget the past destroy it if you have to
1: yeah it is the discovered country we discovered it and then we kind of went oh <laughs> this country's shit <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what Horatio really should have said. Have you considered that the discovered country is shit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, have you considered <laughs> there are more things in heaven and earth than I dreamt of in your philosophy because you have a bad philosophy?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, alas, poor Yorick, I knew him. I mean, I knew him long ago. I don't know if he'd hold up anymore. Yeah, York was... He's like a friend of a friend. Yeah, York's a bit problematic in 2022, so maybe we should have left him dead and buried. Do you want
0: to talk about some much better comedies first?
1: Oh, are we actually going to talk about the director?
0: We are. Yes! We are. Yes. Great. I love
1: this. All right, go astound me, please.
0: So this movie was directed by one Jerry Zucker, who is best known as part of the trio zucker abraham zucker these guys made a bunch of movies most famously from the 80s into the early 90s and then they kind of stopped working together their most famous movie is definitely airplane and i don't think it's being out of pocket to say that that's their best movie
1: no i remember watching airplane gosh like 10 years ago and going like oh holy shit not only is this funny, but I can tell that in it's not the way airplanes set up is that there's the obvious jokes, the ones that you're seeing and the ones mm-hmm. that are being focused on immediately. But these guys were smart enough to do background jokes and then deep background jokes so that upon rewatches you might eventually go oh I never noticed that before that's hilarious
0: and it's chock full of references of the time like oh he never has a second cup of coffee at home that I only know from that reference but it's still funny in the context
1: yeah 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 there were definitely things happening in that movie that when I saw a couple things as a kid, because I was never shown the full mo- movie as a child, of course, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> where I was like, oh, the, the pilot's name is Otto. And, oh, you know, sure, sh- 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 don't call me Shirley. Those are funny, funny, funny. Mm-hmm. Learning later that Airplane is a spoof of Airport and the series of Airport movies that came out, mm-hmm. which were the, the big budget disaster movies, it was really an incredible thing to be like like i mean we had our scary movie kind of thing happen in the late 90s early 2000s but there's something different about airplane and the spoofs of the time compared to the modern spoofs which really feel like they they hamstring themselves on the Hey, guys, uh, did you just see The Matrix? This is a Matrix uh, reference. Wink.
0: Yeah, there's a difference between reference and joke, which it feels like most modern comedies, especially of the spoof kind that you mentioned, aren't into. And to be fair to them, you know, they seem to be making money without having to put the work in. I can't say I entirely blame them.
1: God help me if I ever have to see another... Blank movie come out to theater or even to Blu-ray at any point.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I suppose this sort of movie is basically just like your mid-tier to be streaming now. They're not really going to get theatrical releases anymore. Anyway. Uh, So back to Zucker Abram Zucker. They are David Zucker, Jerry Zucker, who are brothers, and Jim Abrahams. They knew each other going to high school together in Wisconsin. They also all went to the University of Wisconsin-Madison together and formed a small, a troupe called Kentucky Fried Theater. Oh, did they make Kentucky Fried Movie? That was their first movie. So Kentucky Fried Movie is kind of like movie 43. Like it's basically just a bunch of sketches thrown together into one movie. Okay. Kentucky Fried Movie leads to Airplane, which is, of course one of the best comedies ever made it's kind of astonishing to think that these guys were like yeah we did some comedy together as a troupe, and then we made a movie based on uh, our sketches and then we made
1: airplane it's it's wild i mean how many other comedy troops have been that successful right we have monty python we have the Kentucky Fried Theater Troupe. Not mm-hmm. even Kids in the Hall hit it out with their film, right?
0: No, Brain Candy's like a cult hit, but it doesn't really capture the feeling of what Kids in the Hall were doing. Yeah,
1: and I mean, on top of it, there's the joke from the new... If you guys have seen the new season of Kids in the Hall, A, it's genius. They're back on on it. They're firing on all cylinders. It's great. But the opening joke for it is that two girls are at a uh, garage sale and they buy a vhs copy of brain candy and by buying that last vhs copy of brain candy the movie has finally broken even and (laughs) (laughs) the deal with satan is complete and kids in the hall may now return to television It's so very good It's such a dramatic Exchange of one loony
0: (laughs) It also I think it shows why I mean Airplane I think that It had to actually pay credit to the Whatever disaster movie It's not called Airport It's like Flight 57 or something like that
1: I'm looking at Airport 70 Yeah Airport 77 Or Airport 1975 Okay Uh, No, then there was Airport, which came out in 1970. So there's a lot of airport movies.
0: (laughs) Yes. The one I was thinking of was Zero Hour from
1: 1957. Oh, even earlier. Okay.
0: So it helps to have a framework to hang your jokes on, I think. So you can kind of get an idea of the sort of comedy that these guys did. They did Top Secret, which I've never seen, but is supposed to be very funny. It is a moral failing of me, but I don't really like Val Kilmer movies. Apparently he's a nice guy, but I just don't really like his movies, with a few exceptions.
1: That's okay. We'll, we will fix you on that at some point in the future. The the seeing top secret. I like secret. Kiss
0: Kiss Bang Bang. That's great.
1: No, not not okay. the liking Val Kilmer. It's the seeing top secret part.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Naked Gun, which is actually based after an extremely failed comedy series that they did, where only six episodes ever aired. Oh, wow. They eventually start to break up near the late 80s. This was never anything with animosity. It's the fact that these three guys were producing, writing, and directing. And when you have three directors, you also have to split the money three ways. Yes. David Zucker said, after a while, it became too many guys sitting in the same chair. The studios weren't going to pay three times the fee. Even if these guys were genuine bona fide, why would you pay three director's fees when you could just pay one director's fee instead? Mm. So they eventually sort of went their own way, and they've never really worked again as a trio since 1986,
1: Hmm.
0: which is a shame. But you know what? They also kind of went out on their own. You know, and their resumes since then are really funny, I think. So, for example, the first thing that Jerry Zucker did after that 1986 movie that they did called Ruthless People, uh, he directed
1: Ghost. I know. I saw that because <laughs> I, 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 I went watching Rat Race. I was like, God, what else has this director done? Because this this feels not great. And then looking through his filmography, I was like, he did Ghost? What?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's so out of there. And the other guys have things like Jane Austen's Mafia and Basketball and Hot Shots Part Deux. And I'm like, all of those make sense. And it's funny that you brought up Scary Movie because David Zucker worked on a bunch of the later Scary Movies.
1: Okay. Oh, they probably probably banked Scary Movie on from the producers of airplane exactly right?
0: they aren't really working as much since then the the last thing that i've seeing here is scary movie five which came out in 2013 but you know what they're starting to get up there now if they just want to coast on airplane which honestly i would have done by like 1982 <laughs> if i were them let them you know it seems like they work pretty much exactly as much as they want to good for them good for them other than mel brooks i can't think of anybody else Who's doing what they did, at least in live action. And even Mel Brooks, at his best, isn't as fast as Zucker, from Sucker.
1: No, Mel Brooks is still, like, a filmmaker. He wants to make a movie. He wants to do a plot. He wants there to be mm-hmm. emotional things that happen, right? To greater or lesser extent, based on the film, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. But with the the... Abram Zuckers, it's, like, Airplane is just joke a minute, and then if we can squeeze uh, a couple more jokes in between those jokes, we will fucking do it.
0: If you don't get this joke, another one is coming in literally 30 seconds. You'll, you'll be fine. You'll be laughing
1: at some point. Please.
0: But I don't think anyone is even trying to make that kind of movie anymore.
1: No, not really. Like, I I find... There's more comedies that coast on the idea of a joke, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. High concept. Yeah. Like, when, what was the last, like, uproarious comedy, 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 comedy that you saw in theaters, I- excluding pandemic, or, like, saw in film?
0: Like, this is harkening back to movies from the 60s
1: yeah and and that's the difference right like airplane is very clearly meant to be a comedy it's a spoof and we know it's a spoof right the scary movies did that too where they were a spoof of scary movies right and rat race is very much that like we have a concept but we're just going to fill that concept with jokes right it's not the action of it it's not the adventure of it it's the let's shove some more jokes in here guys if they don't hit the trust
0: is that you're going to like the next character's storyline enough that it's going to carry you through Mm -hmm. whether that actually works in this movie who knows
1: yeah there there are definitely things i laughed at And then there were parts where I was just taking notes.
0: I think part of this, too, is we were both watching this at home. Uh, I watched it alone. I think if we watched this again, even with the parts that are problematic in a theater full of people really enjoying themselves, I think we would probably enjoy this a lot more.
1: Oh, for sure. Collective Joy is definitely... uh... An important thing with comedies, too. Like, I I don't enjoy watching comedies by myself. Mm. The the only exception being a couple weeks ago when we did uh, The Goes Wrong Show, where I was laughing Mm. hysterically by myself.
0: But I think that if you have, like, a bunch of 13 or 14-year-olds, and you sit them down in front of a Zucker Abrams-Zucker movie, you're going to have some kids laughing really hard. That's about it. That's all I had on background. They seem to be, unlike most Hollywood stories, guys who came in, did what they wanted to do, were very successful, and then kind of peaced out, and are still friends.
1: You know what? There's a great power in that. I mean, you do say... Like unlike most other Hollywood stories that's that's great, right? I don't I wouldn't want yeah. these people to resent each other or for one of them to have died horribly or the e true Hollywood story of one of the Zuckers and you don't want that and that's that's nice to hear that these three guys just had the, kind of the ideal, right? get in exactly say your thing. Get out.
0: And 40 years later, you're still getting introduced as from the creator of Airplane. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And this one guy made Ghost. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's just right? that's so wild to me.
0: Which also I kept thinking about during this because I'm like, Whoopi Goldberg won an Oscar not
1: 10 years ago <laughs> mm-hmm. from the same director. Right. And here she is again doing stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel like this was a real Theodore Rex moment for her, where she was like, well, they're making me be here.
1: Yeah, there's a paycheck coming out of this. She, she does have a fantastic purple suit. And I like her hair. She looks incredible throughout this.
0: Well, shall we get into the movie itself?
1: Okay. Yes, we shall. As a quick heads up to the people who haven't seen the movie and just enjoy listening to us talk about it, I may just say like a sentence on a character and then quickly go to another character because... So there's like a cast of 12 actors in this that we're focusing on and... Yeah, we have 12 leads. The focus of a scene may literally just be they park a car. Okay, on to the next person. It'll be super scattershot in terms of stuff. I don't think I'm going to refer to anybody by their uh, name in the film because they're all famous enough. First thing I noticed, holy shit, this movie is almost two hours long.
0: I'm not an editor. I've never learned anything formally about editing, but this movie
1: wonders Oh, there's there's a lot of places where I'm like we could really tighten this up. Mm-hmm. We don't need this extended scene with Dean Kane because the less I see of Dean Kane, the better.
0: Okay, so that was Dean Kane. That
1: was <laughs> Dean Kane. The movie opens with wacky credits and already I'm off to a bad start.
0: What might have felt fun in 2001, now looks like they've used Windows Movie Maker on it. It's
1: so, like, the Foley artists are going, oh, we'll insert so- so a boing here, and a whoop here. There's <laughs> a
0: lot of boing. <laughs>
1: oh, it's, it's too much boing. I had totally forgotten that Cuba Gooding Jr. is in this.
0: Cuba Gooding Jr., so he's what, like, five he- years off winning this Oscar? This is before Snow Dogs
1: can we are we allowed to retroactively de-Oscar a person because I feel like Kubrick Kubrick Jr. came off so hot and he won that Oscar and he he was on top of the world and then what did he proceed to do absolutely nothing so I don't know uh, all right maybe it's his choice maybe he has the worst agent in the world. I think he's he's back to getting better now ever since he did that O.J. Simpson TV show.
0: Oh, he was so good in that.
1: Yeah, he had a he had a rough 20 years of just like Are you sure there's nothing that we can put Cuba Gooding Jr. in that would actually elevate him somewhat? Because he's a good actor.
0: If you want to draw a line between the two Oscar winners who are in this movie, they have something in common. And I think maybe Hollywood not knowing what to do with them might have something to do with it.
1: Yep, 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 (sighs) yep.
0: Which is ridiculous that Whoopi Goldberg and Cuba Gooding Jr. can't find roles that suit them because they are two incredibly charismatic and funny actors. Oh, my God. Something I learned about Whoopi Goldberg recently is she was not intending to be a comedic actor really do you know about this how she got her big break no go on oh i actually learned about this from david tennant's podcast he did an episode with her she did basically what you would consider nowadays to be the parody example of a one woman show where she like put on a bunch of voices and she talked about the different people in her neighborhood while, where she was growing up it's exactly what what's his face puts on in 30 rock
1: tracy yeah 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 i I totally understand that that now it's it's a comedy example in of itself but I'm sure at the time it would have been like groundbreaking work. She got discovered
0: doing this and she basically shot to fame immediately. Good for her so basically she got her big break doing comedy even though it's not what she particularly aimed for or trained for or anything like that
1: that's that's wild. Anyway, we're going through the credits. Mm-hmm. Dean Cain's name comes up and I go, ugh, the worst Superman.
0: Ugh. He is a man who is less than super.
1: Awful human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it with stars, like male stars for the 90s in what were hit TV shows turning out to be terrible human beings later on?
0: <laughs> it's funny because I was just thinking about Kevin Kevin Sorboner. Sorbo! These guys are choosing the worst step at every point
1: uh dean kane kevin sorbo what's his name the 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 kid from the sitcom who's now a super evangelical can't remember oh yeah 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 anyway point is that they all turned out to be terrible people anyway Mm -hmm. we have this quick setup of scenes for all the characters where we get to know who they are as a character why they're in vegas and what their kind of outlook on life is so it starts with Breck and Meyer. Love seeing a and Meyer. He's a handsome guy. He's very handsome in this. He's very handsome. We're stuck, unfortunately, in this very long joke about porn.
0: It's not any porn. It's black porn specifically. And there's a black family right behind him in line.
1: Yeah, like he's... You know the saying, hell is other people? I think hell is Breck and Meyer in this scene, stuck with other people, and we're also stuck with him.
0: And it feels like he's trying. He and Seth Green, I feel like, get paired a lot because they are a sort of similar, very easy, charming guy. But when they don't have anything to work with, when the script is fighting them...
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Feels so bad for him in this scene. We move quickly from him over to Cuba Gooding Jr., who is stuck in a misgendering joke, unfortunately. Oof. With and Meyer, he's there for a bachelor party, and he just wants to go home because he's got some important work to do, and he told his friends that he's going home. Cuba Gooding Jr. is in Vegas because he is a ref for a football game and he made a bad call and now apparently everybody who watches football super hates him. Now fun fact about this football thing because we get to see the scene where he he messes up and mm-hmm. it's the coin toss at the very beginning. Yeah,
0: it's not even like an actual call. He just screws up the coin toss. Yeah.
1: It turns out that that was a CFL game that they flew him out to. (gasps) Yeah, a legitimate Canadian football league. It was like the Saskatchewan somethings versus someone else. Oh, yeah,
0: a bunch of this was shot in Alberta because it's doubling for the New Mexico desert. Perfect.
1: There you go. And yeah, it it was this like, oh, we're actually going to get Cuba Gooding Jr. to call... The, the coin toss for this game. So the football players are the actual football players. The the crowd is the actual crowd and it, it's fun. It's a great bit of Canadiana uh, thrown in there.
0: This, this was 2001 when you had a football scene, so you just filled a football stadium.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we then go to Seth Green and his brother who are essentially scam artists. They try to scam the hotel into giving them a free stay by putting a glass ashtray at the top of the stairs and they're going to slip on it. But of course, a passerby slips on it instead, falls down the stairs. And oh, wait, who should actually show up? Actual (laughs) lawyer, Gloria Allred, comes in for a cameo and says, we're going to sue this place.
0: First, she says, I'm Gloria Allred, (laughs) like she's a Pokemon (laughs)
1: <laughs> pokemon gloria allred i caught her she's legendary <laughs> Whoopi goldberg is meeting her daughter that she put up for adoption at the same hotel bar her daughter is a very high-powered and angry business lady with rage issues this doesn't really come back again no it's a weird thing to put at the beginning of the film and then to almost do nothing i i the the po- high powered business lady part helps them a little bit along the way but the rage issue just goes away after this so i don't know if they were trying to set us up for the unfortunate um angry black lady trope but mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't do anything it it can easily be excised or reshot in a different way but whatever anyway
0: i also felt like there was a lot of potential in This is the first time they're meeting, and her daughter is so unlike what she expected. Mm -hmm. But for the rest of the movie, it doesn't really matter. You could swap in any relationship. The fact that they're a reunited biological mother and daughter doesn't really come into it.
1: Yeah, it's really weird. You'd think there'd be emotional payoff happening with especially these Mm -hmm. two at some point in the film, where like they bicker mm-hmm. for a bit and then they go apart and they have their, their dark night of the soul and come back together and then oh you know i love you or whatever right but that mm-hmm. never happens so this whole plot no. that they have together is just nothing anyway they both order mimosas and i love them for that of course whoopie says yes. <laughs> whoopie says that her psychic told her to contact her daughter because she she would need her help and the daughter of course rolls her eyes at that and blah 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 we cut to kathy najimi and john lovitz who i love both of them they're both very funny actors they are a married power couple this whole
0: movie i think honestly could have been centered around them
1: yeah yeah i mean there's there's definitely pairings in this movie that i'm like there's another movie here Just about these people, yeah. But we have to divide our attention across everyone else. So they're a married couple with their two children, one of which is a Canadian actor who played Pugsley on the new Adams family in the 90s. Oh, and they're on their vacation in Vegas. He wants to go gamble and essentially leave her alone with the kids. And she's like, No, 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 that's not what we agreed to. This is a family vacation. (laughs) not a you vacation cut back to brecken meyer as he is trying to leave this bachelor party his friend is an absolute douche because he doesn't respect you know brecken's boundaries of hey you know i want to be a responsible person and actually go to work i'm not ditching you because i want to go i'm ditching you because i have to go kind of thing
0: yeah there's there's some stuff here about how Breckenmeyer wants to run for office someday, so he's very concentrated on like keeping a very squeaky clean image and literally never doing anything wrong, which of course comes back in with hilarious results and I feel like it's w- one of the one character beats that actually does get carried through
1: yeah yeah it's it's nice to see him also not being. The Goofy Goofball, right? He he is the straight man in the comedy duo that will come up later. Because, of course, yeah. most of these characters get paired up. It's, it's much easier to mm-hmm. bounce jokes when you have a pair. All the characters are now on the floor gambling, and they each receive a gold token to, saying for them to go to guest services. Did all of the machines have this, or just the ones that they all came out of at roughly the same time? what if nobody used that machine for the next 4 days would that mean that doesn't matter the the plot has no <laughs> reason to reconcile that at all it's just everybody got the token at the same time
0: literally everybody followed up on the offer too yes
1: yeah uh, i mean breckenmeier didn't for a while and then he went like you know what why not they all meet up in this lovely set it's absolutely a set there is no oh my god it is the worst skyline
0: the windows are not (laughs) even rear projection it looks like they got them painted uh printed at kinko's it's (laughs) can we have the las
1: vegas skyline please (laughs) oh we don't want to spend that much money can we spend less yeah just just cheap paper we won't be using this set too much they use it in like Oh, you ran out of yellow? That's fine. <laughs>
0: That's fine. fine. Printed it anyway.
1: <laughs> it's real bad. Oh, and here comes another character. It's Rowan Atkinson doing an Italian Mr. Bean, basically.
0: Loki probably the yep. biggest star in this movie when you talk about internationally.
1: Yes, internationally for sure. It's Rowan Atkinson because mm-hmm. Mr. Bean crosses all language barriers. We all get the jokes. I have the note here, this is such a fake fucking set. <laughs> John Cleese then finally shows up
0: John Cleese, another Is It Camp repeat guest Mm -hmm. There's a couple here I have the feeling he's going to show up again
1: Oh, he definitely will He shows up and he owns the hotel And he opens up
0: He he, has some great fake teeth in this movie They are so white They're so
1: white They're so weirdly straight And he's
0: got like a rug on that's like it still makes him look like his age, but, like, it's a really high-quality one. I, I really like his costuming in this. I think it sells the character super well. Yeah,
1: it's it's a very, it's... And he decides to open up the meeting with these people by saying, there's a meteor coming for Earth. You lot have been chosen to come into a bunker with me. And after the the the, the fires have died down, we're going to repopulate the Earth. And they all give him this, what... The fuck, look. And of course, then he bursts into laughter and says, ha ha ha, it was just a funny joke. I'm an eccentric.
0: Which doesn't work well if you have, if you know anything about the movie that you're watching. Also, Meryl, who's Whoopi Goldberg's daughter, is the only woman of a certain age in that room. And I feel like that actress was selling it especially hard.
1: Yeah, because Kathy Najimy's not here. It's John Lovett no. who get who got the token in his family. So she's blissfully unaware with the children right now, and she won't be in on what's happening until much later in the film, anyway.
0: Which I feel is a loss. I might as well say it now: Kathy and Jamie doesn't have enough to do in this movie, and I'll repeat that for basically every scene she's in.
1: Yeah, I, I would like to say that basically about everything Kathy and Jimmy's in. She she deserves so much more than what she gets. Mm -hmm. so dave thomas walks in uh canadian more canadians and he is john cleese's attorney he is no nonsense he doesn't crack a smile there's no jokes coming out of him and so he's the super straight man in this film i guess what a great idea
0: to cast a legend of comedy in this role
1: yes because really, like, if you if you want a super straight man to still be funny, you need a comedian. Like, a, a, mm-hmm. a legendary comedian. At this scene, we as the audience are given the knowledge that there's a bunch of wealthy people behind a two-way mirror watching this group of people being told what's about to happen. And you get the inkling, ah, okay, this is a game within a game kind of thing. So this
0: is squid game before squid game.
1: They're told by John Cleese that they are all in a race to collect $2 million. And they go, are you sure? And he's like, yes, I'm absolutely sure. There's, Are, are you like, no, no, you, you're making this up. And you're, you, you can't do this kind of thing. And he says, and I quote, I can do anything I want. I am eccentric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was my first laugh of the film.
0: he it's one of those things that really shouldn't work because most of the time i would be like john cleese resting on his laurels did his best work 50 years ago making a funny face and gurning no this really is funny
1: (laughs) it really is funny uh i think it's one of my few laughs for the whole film they then proceed to take the time to argue amongst themselves like are we are we sure do we want to do this i don't know about this and john cleese has made it abundantly clear hey the clock starts now you have to get to this town in new mexico silver city silver something you have x amount of time you have whatever means necessary to get to this town use these keys that i am giving you to open this specific locker in the train station And once you do, there will be a bag worth of $2 million waiting for you. And that's it. That's the game. Go. And they all sit there and start to debate amongst themselves. And he's just like, (laughs) all right, that's great. Go. And they continue to talk and be like, I don't know about this. I've got my family downstairs. This doesn't feel real. Yeah.
0: Again, squid game.
1: (laughs) Go. Yeah, Go.
0: If John Cleese then opened fire on them, it would be Squid Game episode one.
1: And to be fair, this does feel super shady.
0: (laughs) Yeah, their reaction feels totally realistic. Yes. It, It does suck up some time of the movie, but I feel like it has to.
1: So they all just kind of leave the room and head for the elevators. And then they all start getting the inkling of, but what if it is real? What if I do go on this chase and so one of them says you know i don't want to wait for the elevator i'm just going to take the stairs another person says yeah sure i'll i'll take the stairs too and then everybody gets going and that's where the 2001 of it all comes out with Baha men's who let the dogs out starts playing <laughs>
0: And there is one brief moment where they land in a pile up in the staircase and they're like, but what if we all work together? Wouldn't that work much better? And then we could just split the money. And that's immediately
1: gone. That's that's immediately gone because Rowan Atkinson, who is slightly behind the rest of them, jumps over this pile of bodies saying to himself, it's a race. I am winning.
0: (laughs) I can't emphasize how silly Rowan Atkinson's accent is throughout this entire movie.
1: It is it's not an Italian accent. It's no. a caricature of yeah. an Italian accent. <laughs> I don't know. Is it bordering on racist at this point? Uh it's well I mean <laughs> I know.
0: I don't I don't know. Because you know how Jar Jar is kind of racist oh, against a God. race who doesn't exist? <laughs> <laughs> That's what this portrayal of an Italian man feels like. Like, this doesn't actually have any relation to the country or the people of Italy. It's just it's... a very large Englishman doing his own thing.
1: Yeah, it's a choice, let's say. Yeah. And <laughs> because it, it doesn't touch on any other Italian stereotypes beyond he has a bit of a silly voice.
0: And his one other character trait.
1: Oh, his one other character trait. But that, I think, is just entirely the character, right? It's not mm-hmm. based on any stereotype of Italian people. No. I don't know. Is there, is there a stereotype that says Italian people have narcolepsy? That's why the meatballs are so uh, spicy, to keep you awake. John Lovitz gets back to his room, and he has to convince Kathy Najimi that he wants to leave for a work thing he's got some important work stuff to do in silver city and they can just stay and enjoy the rest of the vacation. And she is absolutely not here for it. She is putting her foot down. No, we came as a family. We're leaving as a family. If you have a work thing, we are all going together. Now they're in for the ride and they have no idea what's going on.
0: John Lovitz is such a piece of shit in this movie, (laughs) but he's like, he's like the John Lovitz piece of shit. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of loving him the whole time.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's there's a weird charisma that John Lovitz has of just Yeah, like, that's the you, word for it. Yeah. You shouldn't be as likable as you are because you you act like a creep most of the time. In terms of your characters, not mm-hmm. him actually, as far as I'm aware. You look the way you do, which is yeah. <laughs> not you know, you're not leading man material. No offense, John Lovitz, if you're listening. And yet somehow we still root for you.
0: He's got this sort of... He feels like he popped out of like a 1930s action serial where he should be swooping a cape at all
1: times. (laughs) And by some
0: Uh, odd coincidence, he's just in movies 70 years too late.
1: This is is finally the part where we learn that Rowan Atkinson has narcolepsy as he's booking it through... The hotel lobby and he just goes into a dead stop and falls asleep standing up
0: don't think this is how narcolepsy works i don't know but i don't think so
1: no no i i, I had a client who had narcolepsy and she never fell asleep with me thankfully but
0: mm-hmm. it
1: was definitely a thing of like she was like please just keep me engaged the whole time because i could literally fall asleep in the middle of a squat or a bicep curl. So it will just come on, but she'll collapse. Because yes, that's exactly. what the human body will do. Right? <laughs>
0: Narcoleptics do not have the horse gene that allows them to stay perfectly still standing up while they're sleeping.
1: No, 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 no. So this is where we cut back upstairs with John Cleese and his wealthy businessmen. And it turns out that, yes, they have bet on which members of this group of people they think will get to the two million dollars first and so everybody who had been betting on rowan atkinson suddenly go oh no because he's suddenly fallen asleep in the middle of the race seth green is a terrible driver and almost kills several people trying to zip out of there with his brother oh we haven't explained the brother (laughs)
0: <laughs> so the brother talks like this the whole time because...
1: Not, not even like this. It's more... <laughs> yeah, I was watching
0: this with subtitles, and they did subtitle the brother, which kind of ruins part of the joke. Because if you're watching it without subtitles, it's sort of a Han and Chewie situation, where Seth Green understands him perfectly and just responds in English.
1: Exactly. That, that is exactly the situation so he's pierced his uh, um, own
0: tongue that's why he talks like that
1: yeah and it's very clearly infected (laughs) it's it's not a healthy situation happening inside of his mouth now unfortunately for this actor his agent at the time tried to get him like top billing with the rest of the stars Uh of the film Uh but he pushed way too hard on the studio (sighs) and so the studio kind of came back and said no no your client will not have top billing. In fact, he will receive similar building billing to the children of John Lovitz and Kathy Najimy, right? He will be a sub character compared to the rest of them, and it effectively tanked his career. So, he still appeared in films and television after this, but this was going to be his big shot towards being a not a top bill person, but at least a person in the Zeitgeist right? And, like, he fired his agent after this, thankfully. But, uh, you know, don't play chicken with Hollywood Studios because they have more money than God.
0: Also, billing is stupid. If you get caught up in billing things, that's just something for the studio and the agent to pull their dicks out about. Nobody actually cares. Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. So, Cuba Gooding Jr. hops into a cab with a cab driver who is furious about that ref call at that football game and doesn't know that Cuba Gooding Jr. is the ref at the moment. Yeah, despite him
0: being the most famous referee in the country, this one guy who had a lot of money riding on $20,000, I think he says, does not recognize him.
1: Yeah, boy oh boy, this is the 2001 of it all because this is a time before GPS was everywhere on everyone's phones. Yes. Wowie zowie. Like, the, the the narrative problems that would be solved in this film if anybody had ways or Google Maps.
0: <laughs> right? Or said, hey, I'd like you to drive me 500 miles from here. I'll pay you when you get there. And doesn't pause to consider at any point that this is how true crime podcasts start.
1: Mm-hmm. Hi, this is Phoebe Judge, and this is Criminal. We now go back to and Meyer, and he throws away his key. Because he's like, he he's not a risk taker. He, Again, his character is very firmly established out of everyone in this film. So he decides, no, nope, I'm going to go uh, catch a plane, go back to work. And he sees Amy Smart, the beautiful and talented Amy Smart, sitting at the bar and... This is the chance he decides to take. He wants to go talk to her. And he opens with a sex change joke. And this is not the only weird gender thing that happens in
0: this movie. They're reading the same book and bringing up something totally implausible that happens later in this life. That could have been great. I I think... The concept is very funny. The concept is a great meat cute too.
1: Yeah, it's just unfortunate that the concept of this meat cute happens to hinge on uh, uh, like a lot of yeah the sex change joke. It's just.
0: I mean, it's also about Lindbergh, who was a
1: literal Nazi. Nazi, yes, absolutely. What a foreshadowing. (laughs) <laughs> yes, more foreshadowing this film. It's, it's the 2001 of this film. Mm-hmm. Anyway, turns out Amy Smart, the delightful Amy Smart, who I think should be in more stuff. I'm so glad she is currently in the Stargirl TV show with. Um, oh, good for her. Yeah, yeah, she plays the mom. She's married to Owen Wilson, I believe. Wait, wait oh. is it Owen or Luke? One of the two. I'm thinking it? it's
0: probably Luke.
1: Which one is blonde hair? That's that Oh, then it's Luke Wilson in the show. Anyway, yeah. they're both delightful. They make a great married couple in the show. And uh, she's she's not just like the mom of a superhero where she's like, oh, I wish my daughter was safe. Like she's actively involved in the plot. So I, I like this. This it's, it's nice to see her doing stuff.
0: She gives me like an Amanda Peet vibe where they were never huge stars, but they pop up and you're like, oh, Amy Smart. Oh, Amanda Peet. I like them
1: yeah yeah there's definitely a that type of actress where they're attractive women they're they're quite beautiful but nothing that's like ravishing right and you're you're always happy to see them and you figure you know what i'm sure they are lovely people outside of this
0: and you know what they show up they do the job they have a nice light comedic touch what more can you ask for
1: yeah oh i think amy actually has some of the better comedy in this film
0: Oh, yeah, she gets to do the craziest stuff.
1: Mm Mm-hmm, and fun crazy. Anyway, Mm -hmm. Amy is a pilot, and she's sweet. So we cut back to Seth Green. He can't buy a plane ticket, so instead, he decides he's going to sabotage all of the flights trying to leave. Hello, (laughs) pre-9-11.
0: August 17th, 2001, (laughs) this movie came out.
1: Oh, my God. He and his brother take their jeep over to the, uh, I guess, radio tower. Mm-hmm. Decide to hook it up to the spinning thing at the top of it and just yank the tower down. Problem is, the tower is stronger than their jeep, and it ends up dragging their jeep up. The stunts in this scene are really quite good. Where I was like, are we "It's sure impressive." That's not... Like, is that Seth Green in the jeep as it's being dragged up the side of this tower?
0: With it, Las Vegas in the background.
1: This, this is... It's a good scene. It's a good stunt scene.
0: I also feel like this is a really smart move. Like, if you actually want to take out the majority of players, this is a genius-level move. And it lets yeah. the rest of the movie happen. It's kind of like a horror movie where you have to get rid of the cell phones right away.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, it's, it's good writing to force a lot of the characters to road trip their way to this destination Mm -hmm. everyone decides to book it again because most of them of course have gone to the airport thinking we'll just catch a flight it's what 45 minutes Mm this will be done in a little over an hour great awesome but because the flights are now canceled everybody now has to get on the road which will take several hours at least
0: yeah, I think I clocked it as being like an 11-hour road trip if you if you drove non oh. nonstop at roughly the speed limit.
1: Jeez. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That 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 changes things mentally for me. <laughs> Cuba ends up back in the same cab with the same cabbie. Whoopi and her daughter Meryl try to rent a car, and Seth Green and his brother also take a car. Brecken, who is still in the lobby of the of the airport, season opening, now that all the planes are down, and that Amy, smart, is a helicopter pilot. And he goes, wait a second. Everybody's going to want to take that. Everybody's going to want to fly. They can't fly. They're going to take cars. I've now met a pilot, a helicopter pilot, who are on a different system than planes. Mm-hmm. I may just have the upper hand here and I can win $2 million. So he takes the risk and he asks her, dives back behind the bar where he threw out his key and they are on it. John and Kathy and Jimmy are on the road in their car and they make a comment about not driving a Volkswagen because it's a (laughs) Nazi car.
0: This is where I point out again that Zucker Abram Zucker... Are three Jewish fellows. And they are not shy about letting you know it.
1: Oh, yeah. That we fucking hate Nazis. Yes. Now, if we could time travel back to 2001 just for the Nazi hating alone, I think the world (laughs) might be a better place.
0: Yeah, where we were all united that these were bad people. (laughs) Yes. For some reason, in the intervening 21 years... People decided to revisit this opinion.
1: <laughs> oh, fuck this noise. Fuck fuck sympathy for Nazis. This Nazi car joke is I think really the initial setup for the entire plot of what this family is going to go through. The cabbie has figured out that Cuba Gooding Jr is the ref. And decides, "Oh, I'm going to take you on a shortcut." Back to John Lovitz. His daughter desperately needs to go to the washroom.
0: This is where I learned the term groundhogging.
1: Or prairie dogging. That was it, prairie dogging. It's it's one of the three animals, groundhog, prairie dog, or turtling.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And he doesn't want to stop, so he makes
1: her poop out the window. Of course, she happens to poop out the window just as there's cops and they pull him over naturally anyway back to breckenmeyer and and amy i am not joking when i say the scenes will literally be this long and then shift to another person yeah breckenmeyer and and amy smart he's lied to her and said that my sister's in the hospital by silver city and i really need to get there she's on her deathbed and it's the only hospital that deals with shark bites
0: (laughs) in new mexico (laughs)
1: In New Mexico, (laughs) deadly New Mexican shark bite. Cuba Gooding Jr. is stranded in the desert without pants or shoes. Somehow, by this cab driver. Mm -hmm. Finally, we go back to Whoopi Goldberg and her daughter, and they stop by the side of the road to get directions from Kathy Bates of all people.
0: Barely in this movie, (laughs) doing something, I'd say outside her wheelhouse.
1: Yeah, she's selling squirrels. By the side of the road.
0: She's a crazy squirrel lady.
1: <laughs> and she's trying to convince Whoopi and Meryl to buy one of her squirrels. And Whoopi You say squirrels
0: is... the English way.
1: Yes, because I'm English. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Squirrels? It, it
0: has one syllable.
1: No, it doesn't. <laughs> the way you say it is S-K-W-O-R-L-S. Squirrels. The way it's written is S Q U I R R E L L S. Squirrels. There are so many letters you're ignoring in that word. It's it's how irate I get about people who say caramel. It's caramel. There's a second A. We the reason you buy a vowel is because they're worth more, honey. <laughs> you will have a
0: caramel squirrel, please. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm going to open a shop and we're going to sell caramel squirrels, and I will but kick out anyone. only on Wednesdays. Yeah, Wednesdays in February <laughs> in in the library. Uh, anyway, anyway, it's not a how to say things properly podcast. Kathy Bates. Desperately tries to sell a squirrel to these two ladies, and Merrill is having none of it. She's she's being very antagonistic, but Whoopi is a very personable person and wants to chat and be nice to Kathy Bates, which is the right move. Well, mm. they ask her for directions, and Kathy, after having been so rudely talked down to by Merrill, decides to give them directions for sure. No problem. Absolutely fine. We know where this is going.
0: She gives them sp- suspiciously specific
1: directions. Mm-hmm. Back to Cuba Gooding Jr. He's fashioned shoes from his shirt. John Lovitz is forced to go on a detour to a Barbie museum because Kathy Najimi has headbutted him and that they need to stop and rest for a bit. And they think, Barbie museum, this'll be great. His
0: daughter is so excited.
1: Even his son is excited just because it's something to do. Turns out (laughs) it's a museum for Klaus Barbie, the infamous Nazi and a real person. The Butcher of Leon. It's a Nazi museum. Great. So many skinheads. Such shocked faces from John and the family.
0: This is great, because when you get to the reveal of it, they're going through the tour because they don't want to not go on the tour, right? (laughs) And the parents are trying so much to not give anything away. as They eventually make excuses that they have to go see their white Christian family. But the kids are like, hmm, interesting.
1: They desperately try to get out of it and it's super awkward
0: including hustling their kids past the gift shop we'll stop next time
1: and they get outside only to find that their family van has been sabotaged by seth green and his brother so what is any good jewish family going to do in such a situation but steal hitler's car
0: there is a mercedes-benz outside the (laughs) museum Complete with Nazi regalia. The,
1: the good news here is stealing from Nazis is always fine. So <laughs> <laughs> really, it's not a bad thing they did. It's just a bad choice of what they're driving around in.
0: Because then you're in the Nazi car.
1: Amy Smart decides on her helicopter trip with Brecken to take a slight detour to check in on her boyfriend, who is, of course, cheating on her
0: that motherfucking dean kane
1: i mean yes he was handsome but it's dean kane so he kind of has this coming as she tries to kill him through some heavily edited scenes to make it seem like he's about to be chopped up by a helicopter
0: he's in an above ground pool that's also heated
1: yeah yeah the whole the whole scene's weirdly edited and there's a bunch of choices Mm. happening here I mean it's there's parts of it where I'm like didn't we learn anything from the Twilight Zone film Jesus Christ Mm, mm. anyway she starts chucking things out of the helicopter including a wrench and like a a crowbar kind of thing and a can of paint for some reason (laughs) yeah exactly things you keep around your helicopter
0: This is like a family feud category and let me see can I (laughs) paint
1: oh only one person came in with that but it's on the board so you get it Dean Cain tries to escape in his now painted and damaged truck Amy Smart and Brecken Meyer follow in uh, you know pursue via helicopter the Mm. truck crashes the helicopter crashes on their way out Amy Smart kisses Breckenmeyer, being like, "I'm in this. Let's go. Let's 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 go wild." And this also gives Breckenmeyer more courage because throughout this whole thing, he's been freaking out. He's been like, "No, don't do that. We'll get in trouble." Kind It's Dean Kane. You can do whatever you want to him. It's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's always the purge around Dean Kane.
1: <laughs> so they steal Dean Kane's truck. And they drive off with Dean Cain's head stuck in the window. Thankfully he gets it out. He does not d di- well, unfortunately, he does not die in this film. No. <laughs> they almost kill him and the world would have been a better place for it, but it it amounts to nothing. Anyway, they they're they're off again. Cuba Gooding Jr. looks like shit, but he's found a rest stop. Filled with Lucille Ball impersonators. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is where the movie I I'm coming at it from, like, a cosplay angle where I'm like, why are they all in in drag, in costume for the trip? These people put a lot of work into these outfits, then they're going to waste them on the trip. But for the movie, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense.
1: Yeah. This, I actually really enjoy the Lucille Ball parts of this.
0: Yes. And, and I really enjoyed the way he mugs the driver to get... To get the driver's clothing
1: <laughs> Yes, he goes Into the bathroom where the driver is In, in the washroom And he tries to convince him I, I need I need your coat Because my wife, she's having a baby Cuba Gooding Jr. Actually looks like he's been Walking through the desert for five hours <laughs> yes. so, So This is the thinnest Lie possible, but the bus driver Buys it so he gives over his coat and his hat to deal with the baby and the afterbirth. And then Cuba Gooding Jr. says, I also need your pants. And he says, my pants. Why do you need my pants? And he, he looks around for a brief second. And in one of the funniest lines I've ever heard delivered from Cuba Gooding Jr., he says for her, for her, Vagina. <laughs> Oh my god
0: <laughs> God it, Another 2001 moment But god it works
1: <laughs> It's so stupid it's, uh, sometimes, and,
0: and it's also uh, the reaction
1: though. <gasps> oh my god Well in that case <laughs> <laughs> Yes So he gets the whole costume Walks out to the bus Explains to the Lucille Ball Impersonators uh, Cosplayers Sorry I should say cosplayers because that's what this is. And he says to them, oh, sorry, uh, the other bus driver had to go. I'm your replacement and we'll get you to that convention on time. No problem. Uh, So he's now stolen a coach bus filled with Lucille Ball uh, cosplayers.
0: (laughs) All in extremely good costume and makeup.
1: Oh, very good. They look like whoever the costume department and makeup and hair just for the lucille ball people like great awesome job guys
0: there's different lucys too it's great
1: yeah from different periods of the show and different episodes specifically as well so it it all Mm -hmm. works I bet you thought forgot all about Rowan Atkinson in this movie because I think the movie <laughs> He's also. He's still forgot. asleep
0: in the lobby.
1: He's still asleep in the lobby, and he suddenly wakes up, and continues to book it out of the lobby straight into the road where he gets hit by Wayne Knight, who is driving an ambulance. Gloria Allred sees it from a from a window and says, "I'll be right down to help." and wayne knight picks up rowan atkinson and says oh uh let, let's get out of here and puts him into his ambulance and it's they book like
0: a it. 70s style zoom into gloria allred
1: it's it's a very like of all the cameos in this film the gloria allred one very much works for me seth green is has made the smart decision of deciding to get a copy of the key made so that he and his brother can split up and whichever one of them gets to the money first, great, because they double their chances. This is an incredibly good plan if it weren't for the fact that they were talking about it right in front of the key maker and giving all the details as to where they have to go and what locker they have to go to in order to get how much money. So, guess what happens?
0: The keymaker gives them two blanks, which they do not notice until they're in the car and he's peeling away.
1: So, now they're chasing him. Whoopi and Meryl are driving through the desert. They see their turnoff, and they go, Great! She was exactly right about this, this specific set of instructions, down to, like, 2.8 miles. Right? They're going along, and suddenly they go off a cliff. They're careening down it in their car, and a series of signs flash by as they're going along <laughs> that tells them, You should have bought a squirrel.
0: It's great. It's full on Wiley e. Coyote.
1: <laughs> they crash their car into a pile of cars, and a <laughs> skeleton falls a out skeleton. onto their windshield. <laughs> Kathy Bates has been murdering people for not buying squirrels from her. Good for her. So back to Cuba Gooding Jr. One of the Lucille's hair catches on fire and they try to flush the wig down the toilet in the the, the bus, but it causes the toilet to back up. And then a whole thing of soap falls into it somehow. So now the bus is full of suds. And everybody screaming. Don't
0: ask how it happens. The whole <laughs> point is that you have a bus full of Lucys going,
1: <laughs> It's great. Yeah, Cuba Gooding Jr. now lives in an episode of I Love Lucy for most of the rest of the film. Breck and Meyer has finally decided to tell Amy Smart what the plan is that he's going through over coffee. And she agrees to it. John Lovett's family (laughs) finds all this Hitler stuff inside the car, of course, including Ava Braun's lipstick.
0: It's a lovely, nice brown.
1: Kathy Najimi's about to put it on. He tries to grab it from her. He gets some on his hand, and then he wipes it on the steering wheel. The single most telegraphed joke in the film so far. (laughs) Yes! Rowan Atkinson and Wayne Knight are hauling ass, and Wayne being a bit of a weirdo himself, because this exists in a universe where everyone's a weirdo.
0: Yeah, I I like Wayne Knight. Wayne, Wayne Knight's very funny, but I feel like this entire bit could have been cut out. This does not need to be adding to the two hours.
1: He decides he wants to show off a bit. Turns out he's got a human heart in the back of the ambulance that he's transporting just a quick quick peek what could happen the worst <laughs> sentence to happen in this film of course something falls off in the truck in front of them the heart goes flying Brecken and amy decide to siphon gas out of a cop car and good for them for <laughs> doing so <laughs> it becomes a pee joke says <laughs> it becomes a a p joke and the cop thankfully races off to catch Seth Green who is chasing after the keymaker i what i do like about this film is that the writers clearly sat down and said how often can we have the characters interact interrupt and change the course of another character's trajectory mm-hmm. that's the smart filmmaking that i think is happening in this film yeah the the jokes might not always land But they're doing their best to try and keep the characters moving in roughly the same circles.
0: Oh my god, you know what? They do make these movies now. Except they're all Love Actually, Mother's Day, He's Just Not That Into You. This is the version of these movies that they're making now.
1: So they've now become all-star cast ensemble rom-coms. What
0: if instead of... Having them all have their own crazy characters that bounced off each other, we made it as dull as possible.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, no offense to the Gary Marshall Mother's Day, Father's Day, Valentine's Day, New Year's Day, Arbor Day film series, <laughs> but um, they they kind of suck. And they made Mich- they made Michelle Pfeiffer look like shit in those films too. Which how she is one of the singularly most. Gorgeous women on the planet who has never stopped being that gorgeous. And somehow I remember seeing the poster or the film or the trailer for Valentine's Day and going like, how did you make Michelle Pfeiffer look not good?
0: I remember I saw her on, I think, Graham Norton or something like that. And it was the summer that Uptown Funk came out. And there was some other song that name dropped her too. And apparently her kids absolutely hate it. And she, she's like, I'll be in spin class, and it'll come on, and I'll have to be like, oh, you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's, that's me that he's singing about. <laughs> Good for her. Good for yeah. her. Oh,
0: and also just this. goes I'm... to show, no matter how cool your parents are, you will be embarrassed by them.
1: Oh, absolutely. The key maker guy goes to escape in a hot air balloon, because of course so seth green and his brother follow they're now chasing the hot air balloon because the key guy doesn't know how to operate a hot air balloon of course so it's Uh still close enough to the ground where they can follow via car but now they have to they have to drive through a flock of cows a flock of cows yeah sorry herd of cows (laughs) (laughs) no one (laughs) of of them's gonna be
0: flying real (laughs) soon
1: yeah and of course, there's the jokes of a car driving through a herd of cows, right? Like, oh, moose, and we're hitting cows, and only for the car to finally catch up to Seth Green and try to run him down. I- imagine, imagine this. Have you've seen the movie Prometheus, right?
0: Uh, no, but I know of the scene which you speak of.
1: Okay, so why don't you key... just move
0: to the side?
1: yeah so the keymaker has jumped into the hot air balloon but his car is still somehow running the hot air balloon has managed to pick up a cow along its way
0: it has a rope that wrapped around the cow's leg
1: yeah seth green is now attached to the rope above the cow but because there are two cars somehow still chasing them they're trying to get away from the other car that's barreling towards them why don't they just turn left? They don't. The Prometheus of it all. Mm-hmm. And somehow the car is still going. The Keymaker and Seth Green fight to get the key back while the car is total and the brothers finally reunite in a lake with the key. And the Keymaker and the cow float off in a hot air balloon. San's key. Okay. After
0: a tussle in which Seth Green and the Keymaker milk each other in the face with the cow.
1: Yes, I, I would say watch the movie, but at the same time, you know, choose if you want to watch the movie. It, so much is going is on. Short. I, yeah, I'm really, really trying to zip through these notes. <laughs> and it's hard.
0: It's okay, because people are going to start crossing each other's paths again.
1: Cuba is still driving. He refuses to pull the bus over as one Lucy tries to explain why they can't use the toilet. The joke is that it's actually a man in drag and we have a gay panic joke.
0: Literal panic. He immediately drives off the road.
1: Yeah, he freaks out. And the bus he's driving hits the cow on the balloon and they crash the bus. (laughs) The Lucys then, then try to help him replace a flat tire but of course in spectacular Lucy fashion a bunch of them lose the spare tire and another bunch of them flip the bus so it's unusable (laughs) they then proceed to stand there and in unison Rowan Atkinson tries to shove the heart back into the bag but he sends it out of the window of the ambulance instead they stop to look for the heart.
0: In, like, scrub grass.
1: Scrub grass. And he's, he gets to a point, I, I make a joke to help you forget how screwed you are. They find the heart. It's in the mouth of a dog, so they have to now chase the dog. John Lovitz family admire the car when he accidentally burns himself on a cigarette lighter, which leads to hijinks with a biker lady so all of these biker ladies beat the crap out of hitler's car yeah somehow the la- lighter lands in his mouth and he burns his tongue the car crashes into a world war ii veterans thing john lovitz hits his face off of the steering wheel where he had previously smooshed a bunch of lipstick into he gets out he's unintelligible he's waving his hand around in a certain gesture, he has what looks like a little Hitler mustache. The The joke is now complete. The telegraph has arrived.
0: Yes. And a man who is not Robert De Niro draws a gun on him.
1: <sighs> Back to Dave Thomas, of all people. He's called a sex worker up to the room. It's clearly part of the bedding of these rich people again. And he asks for a very specifically weird sex thing. I am bringing this up not because we want to shame anyone in their kink, but because this actually is relevant to the plot. (laughs) Rowan Atkinson and Wayne catch up with the dog, who has run into an electric fence and died. The heart is useless. So Wayne decides what if they murder a drifter and takes his heart? Where are they going to find a drifter? So he decides he's going to kill Rowan Atkinson, who is a singular Italian with no friends or family it left in Italy. So Rowan Atkinson jumps onto a nearby train that passes just at that second. <laughs> Wayne Knight is upset, accidentally touches the electric fence, which st- jump starts the heart in his palm. Science doesn't matter in this movie. His plot is complete. We never see Wayne Knight again. Goodbye.
0: That's a wrap for Wayne Knight. Everybody give him a hand.
1: Clap, 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 clap. Brecken and Amy are trying to get their truck fixed after she has previously almost destroyed it. Whoopi and Meryl stumble their way out of the canyon to find themselves in some kind of tent. Turns out rocket scientists... (laughs) Oh my god, I can't believe I'm saying this. because they're going you think to break you'd... the land speed <laughs> record you'd think up to this point everything is somewhat normal and then <laughs> rocket scientists walk into this film <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh
1: my god
0: they're holding a press so... conference and behind them <laughs> Whoopi and meryl pretend to be like
1: <laughs> car Price right, shows girls, girls. <laughs> yeah <laughs> car car floor show girls they're walking out and they're they're gesturing at the rocket car and try, but they also look like shit because they've just walked yes. through the desert after having fallen into a canyon oh my god
0: but the best part is during this press conference they call out to him so how do you start the car and he says it's actually very simple what you do is pull on this green lever and off they go
1: Oh, it's so good! Uh, they and they steal the rocket car from in front of the uh, front of a live <laughs> press conference. Brecken and Amy are almost scammed by the mechanic who threatens them with a gun. Just as luck would have it, the rocket car zooms by at the exact same time, causing his shop to collapse and him to fire his gun as they break the sound barrier and the world record. There's actually a really fun shot of Whoopi and Meryl in the car and the bullet keeping pace with them. So it's bad 2001 CGI, but I like the conceit of, that is how fast these women are moving.
0: It's also a very funny, like, double take moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. John Lovitz finally explains to his family the truth of what's going ha- going on. They And they decide, no, we're not doing this, please give up. The rocket car finally slows down and they are so disoriented they are led onto a bus of <sighs> mentally challenged people. Because nurses yeah. are not fastidious about extra people showing up onto a bus. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a, this, it,
0: this was worse mm. than the Hitler stuff for me.
1: Oh, for sure. There's nothing wrong with making fun of Hitler. There's a lot yeah. wrong with making fun of mentally challenged people and people who genuinely need the help of nurses yeah and the fact that these nurses don't notice these brand new two people just showing up Mm -hmm. it's like anyway back to john lovitz dad it's been a living hell yes this film has been a living hell (laughs) so john decides rather than go back to las vegas with them he drugs his whole family And forces them into a car to make it the rest of the way.
0: A big rig where he's hauling in these unconscious people. And the guy that he's hitching from doesn't seem to mind.
1: Totally fine with it. Absolutely fine with it. Cuba Gooding Jr. finally decides to confront the Lucys about not being a bus driver. And says some really horrible shit to them
0: this is also the point of like the one asian character in the movie who of course speaks in a hilarious
1: yeah 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 yeah.
0: where i saw the asian lucy and i was like oh that's so cool no no it isn't
1: nope nope i thought we were getting nice representation that fans of all kinds and you enjoy lucille ball and no, it turns out that, yeah, while fans of all kinds do enjoy Lu- Lucille Ball, it wouldn't be all kinds without a little bit of racism. Mm-hmm. So he, he gets chased by them, and rightfully so. We now learn that everyone is within 15 miles of the prize simultaneously.
0: Yes, they all have tracking chips in their keys. So John Cleese is able to see where they all are at all times.
1: Uh-huh. So, Cuba Gooding Jr. steals a horse, John Lovett's family is asleep, and the Nazis show up. So he manages to find a truck driver who will take them. Seth and his brother are almost there, and they get distracted by hot girls in the next car. Please, dear God, pay attention to the road. They don't. They crash. Into a monster truck rally. A scene I had (laughs) totally forgotten existed in this film.
0: Again, this movie is over 90 minutes in this is when we introduce the monster truck rally
1: of course their car gets crushed by a monster truck and it becomes this very slow motion scene where they try to get out of the way of the monster truck and it becomes the prometheus problem again of guys just just move to the right you'll be fine Mm -hmm. but doesn't matter they steal a monster truck somehow like, even even that's glossed over in the movie. They're just in it suddenly. Somehow, Rowan Atkinson managed to get from the outside of the train to the inside of the train. He has this real Mr. Bean scene here where he tries to distract a baby with the keys, you know, to have fun. And the baby, I guess, puts in its diaper. I, whatever. He gets ejected from the train. All of our players are converging, but they all... Get stuck in traffic, so they decide to hoof it. Every single one of them out of their cars, off of their horses, yada yada yada. Somehow, Dave Thomas is there waiting for them. <laughs> I don't know how that happened because all I the planes were I think he's
0: supposed to be dead. the man on the ground while they're all well all the betters are back in Las Vegas.
1: But but previously he had been in Las Vegas where he got the sex worker.
0: Oh yeah yeah. Uh, clearly, uh, John Cleese had some <laughs> form of backup transportation. Maybe he had a helicopter, too.
1: Sure. We get like a minute of bad slow motion running from all of the characters. And Rowan Atkinson manages to get there first. He puts his key in the locker. He turns it and he falls asleep.
0: Could see it coming from a mile away. Still thought it was pretty funny
1: yes yeah yeah Yeah. at least they they dipped into the narcolepsy well more than once right Mm -hmm. they all scramble they finally get into this train station they scramble to open it and it's empty And they think oh no have we been lied to has this whole thing nope 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 dave thomas is now fighting with the sex worker over the cash they just stole they get away Mm -hmm. from the others when in he, their own he car, he and the
0: sex worker are gonna run away together.
1: Yeah, well sure they are. <laughs> they run away in their own car, a convertible, when suddenly they are stopped by a cow in a hot air balloon <laughs> landing on top of them.
0: It's Chekhov's cow descending from a hot air balloon.
1: <laughs> Everyone piles onto a bus to chase them. The money somehow ends up on the balloon. Minus the cow and the key maker. So, John Cleese and the gamblers hop onto a private jet to chase down the people in the race in order to see what happens. Because now shit's getting weirder.
0: They thought this was going to end at the train station and it's
1: not. They're like in overtime now. The racers follow the balloon into the night. And they end up on stage with Smash Mouth in front of a massive crowd. All for a benefit concert. I,
0: I, think, I think we have to explain this a little bit more. They crash through a wall and end up... Apparently there was a gigantic benefit concert outside this town, which might as well be a ghost town, being simultaneously telecast for a fundraiser in which Smash Mouth is the only act playing. Uh,
1: uh, writer's room
0: <laughs> I, I saw <laughs> this happen and I when they left the train station I was like I don't remember how this movie ends and everything from there was a new surprise
1: it's such a wild fucking thing uh, I remember <laughs> the, the smash mouth of it all but still like shit keeps happening here
0: This made me feel really happy. After the two hours, I'm like, yeah, now we're at a Smash Mouth concert. Let's do it.
1: Why not? All of them are then confronted by the lead singer of Smash Mouth. I can't remember his name. He's like, he's like the anti-guy Fieri.
0: He does not have frosted tips. I always remembered him having frosted tips.
1: I think he did at some point, but maybe not. Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's Smash Mouth. Each of the characters gives a brief thing about what brought them here and they try to argue that they aren't donating all the money to the charity but then they're confronted by a bunch of orphans and stuff and they all learn a valuable lesson about giving and helping others yada 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 well now they one have one, to they give all them the give cash him. yeah 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 what about all the damage and the illegal shit they did how in the hole are these people now that's not a question this movie wants to answer at all. John Cleese shows up with his gamblers, and they manage to get him. Well, they they tell Smashmouth on stage in the telecast that, oh yeah, John Cleese will match every single donation given tonight, and so will every single one of these gamblers behind him because they're all rich people and they want to do it. Yeah, m- milk those billionaires through shame. Yeah. Do it. Eat the rich. Smash Mouth starts playing All Star. It is 2001, after all. <laughs> Roll credits. The end. Oh, what? What's this? Oh, holy shit! Sarah, look behind you. A pair of French doors descends oh from my the heaven. God. <laughs> 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 what the Lightning fuck? cracks in the sky. Oh, no, you suddenly find the chair you're on has become snakes, not poisonous ones, but nice ones that wrap themselves around you lovingly. Not too tight. You're fine. And <laughs> out comes a horrible little puppet on a tri- tricycle. Eh it's me! Robin, <laughs> Did...
0: I've never seen you so late in an episode before.
1: Oh, I came with a special request. <laughs> it's its one question. Don't worry. Can you name all four major feature films around this time that the song All-Star was featured in?
0: Oh shit, I can name three. I didn't know there were four. Okay, so a lot of people get this wrong, but the first movie that it's in is not Shrek. It is actually Mystery Man. Good, one. On the official Mystery Man soundtrack, then Shrek, then Rat Race, and then I have no idea.
1: Quick, snakes, give her gentle nibbles, and you start feeling nibbles. Ah! The correct answer for number four is Inspector Gadget!
0: Yeah, that tracks.
1: That tracks. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Alright, snake buddies, let's go. And they all slither off of you, and he back. they- sorry, they. Yeah, I'm gender non-conforming, you shit. Ooh, a bit rude, Robin. <laughs> Robin pedals backwards out of the French doors, which evaporate into mist.
0: Always lovely to see Robin. Robin's a they-them, ready to cause some mayhem.
1: (laughs) Alright, so, well, anyway, we're finally at the end of Rat Race. Sarah, is Rat Race camp?
0: Yeah, this has been a long one. No, Rat Race isn't camp. It never elevates itself to run at the same level as other farces that we've watched there's parts of it that could be camp i think the cow stuff is definitely camp but no as a whole don't meet your heroes and this movie isn't camp what about you sam is rat race camp
1: i i'm gonna agree with you there's i don't think there's anything particularly like even a singular joke that's terribly camp here it just it's your standard comedy fair from 2000s like it's such a broad thing it's hitting all the right notes there are some great jokes of course of course lucille ball i think is always camp that might be the best part Mm -hmm. and the, (laughs) the the saying of the word vagina (laughs) (laughs)
0: he's really he's really not giving that any more than it gets in the movie that is exactly the delivery
1: (laughs) but beyond that rat race rat race is a comedy but a comedy that i think for the most part does not age particularly well and is nowhere near the level that this director has done in previous films
0: no and if you do feel the deep desire to watch it by all means watch it with the largest crowd you can
1: yeah i think this would reward seeing it with a group of people as opposed to what we did clinically taking it apart and (laughs) getting nothing out of it in our
0: quiet bedrooms yeah yeah So thank you for joining us today on our exploration of Rat Race. Please subscribe on your podcaster of choice, leaving a star rating and review where you can, because it always helps us to find new people who may not know what their camp favorite is.
1: Yes, and next week we will be re-discussing in one of our lost episodes. We haven't found the episode, guys. Uh, We're just re-recording it for basically its one-year anniversary. Elvira, mistress of the dark.
0: This was the first episode we ever recorded, and it was a hell of a lot of fun. I'm excited to go back with a year of camp under our belts now.
1: Oh, wow. Well, I, I can't imagine how we're going to reevaluate this now that we've become older and wiser and campier.
0: <laughs> yeah, after having been through an extra year of pandemic. <laughs> What uh, if we just hated well, it now? What if all the joy was no sucked out no, no, it in no. The past year? Don't,
1: don't you put that evil out there?
0: <laughs> no surprises here. we both really enjoyed this movie the first time and I am not expecting a rat race like turnaround.
1: No, I think one year of nostalgia is an appropriate level of nostalgia for this one.
0: Yeah, this movie turned me into an Elvira fan the first time we watched it. I'd never seen any Elvira before
1: this. So we will discuss all of that again next week. You, our audience, our campers, can continue the discussion of Rat Race if you want on our Twitter and Instagram. I am at Hrees Indigo, all one word, R H Y S, spelled the Welsh way,
0: and I am at Sour Citrus Lady. You can follow the pod on at Is It Camp Pod. Until next week, wait an hour before swimming. Watch out for snakes and stay camp.
1: Virginia Not <laughs> 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 oh. like it. Not too kind. No, not the way you do it.